Hey, thanks so much for choosing the Haven House of Revival Sermon of the Week. We pray that this sermon impacts your heart and it inspires you to change your life and the world around you for God. Please enjoy the message. You know, I was like really good like all week until like five seconds ago and all of a sudden I was like, oh crap, I'm coming up next. Like I have to fill space and sound waves. <laughs> Is that, I don't know. Um, guys, I just want to be real and honest. I am not, I have no idea what I'm doing, first of all. I am not comfortable in front of people, even though I lead worship. And I'm not polished whatsoever. I have no idea how to prepare a message. So when Wendy asked me, I'm like, well, okay, I'll try. And honestly, I did. I did really try. And I was wrestling a lot with my preparation. Also, I'm really congested, so... Sorry, I sound really nasally. It's a good thing I wasn't singing today. Um, I was wrestling because I was like, man, I have like Wendy and Justin. Jeff, not so much. Jeff and I relate, actually. We're like way more the same. We just like go with the flow. We don't prepare. We just kind of want to see what happens, you know? (laughs) And Wendy and and Justin are like... Yeah, but you need to have a plan and then let the Lord lead you elsewhere. (laughs) So I have a few notes. um, And I don't know like what I'm going to hit or anything. I felt like the Lord kind of like put something on my heart last week because I was actually like, honestly, when when Wendy asked me, I really, really, really wanted to say no. And... um, Uh, This has probably been like a long time coming for me because of just the process and the season that I've been in for um, a while, a lot of years, uh, my whole life. Um, (laughs) And uh, so I really wanted to say no, but the last time I said no to Wendy, actually, it kind of led me into probably a bit of a like wilderness season. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I said no to Wendy once, and it was a really long time ago, back in Ontario. We were sitting in this park, and she looked at me, and it was like a church picnic thing, and she's like, I was going to a different church at the time, like this like young, hip church. It's now Hillsong, Toronto. They're awesome, nothing against them, but uh, that's where the Lord actually like totally raised me up in in worship for a season, and uh, needed that to get me back. Hello? Oh. Um, I needed, yeah. And then we were, I was sitting with Wendy because my parents went to this church that they were leading, and she was like, you know, I feel the Lord is actually leading you to our church. And I was like, hmm, okay. Um, and then I kind of just, like, left it for, it took me a year to actually realize that the Lord was calling me there, and that's actually where Chris and I uh, started leading worship together and um, connected so actually, I'm married to Chris because of Wendy, so. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Wendy's always right. That's the point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, whew. 
Yeah, I don't know where I'm going to go, actually, so I'm just going to pray. Lord, I am your vessel, and I ask you again just that you would use me and that you would speak through me. I literally do not want to speak out of my own strength and ability and my own words. Um, I just want this to be your revelation and your words and your heart for the people in this room. And so I just say, be it unto me according to your will. And I ask you right now just to take over my mouth and my lips, and they're yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I actually feel in my heart, and this is really going to be just led by the Spirit, because honestly, it's all I know to just like connect with his heart. Um, it's how I lead worship. It's like literally the reason I can't have a court chart in front of me. It literally messes me up. I can't do it. I have to connect to the heart of the music that I'm leading or the song that I'm singing or I just anything that's in front of me just throws me off. And I was like, God, I want to be responsible. And he's like, it's really responsible to lean into me. So um, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> but I really feel like this morning, actually, um, we were singing um, songs about love. And wow, I've I want to say this week is actually really significant for me in my life and in my journey. It's actually um, been seven years on, uh, I think it was Friday, May 12th, um, since I, for seven years on that day was the day that I actually had a huge uh, mental collapse breakdown. Um, and it was out of a year of... Uh, having like quite a spiritual high. I was at Bethel, and if you know Bethel, like awesome place, spirit-led. Everyone wants to go there who, I don't know, maybe not everyone. Lots of people want to go there. I can't say everyone. But Chris and I um, spent our first two years married there, and um, it was actually on our graduation day, May 12, 2016, um, that I... Uh, got up in the morning and went for a walk, and we had breakfast with some friends, and um, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but actually that morning, um, on the day of our graduation, there was, basically, I opened myself up to something that had already been going on in my mind, something that the devil had already tried to plant into my heart years prior, and um, I opened up the door to that truth, and I allowed it to become my truth, and in that, in a moment, literally a moment, something so spiritually demonic came over me that I went into complete, like, mental breakdown collapse, like, I was a mess. I literally didn't think I would graduate that day. I didn't think I'd be able to show up to our graduation or walk across the stage to receive my thing. Sorry. Mom brain, <laughs> too. Also, I'm tired. Uh, I can't think of some words. Um, you know what I'm talking about when you graduate. Thanks. Diploma. Yeah, certificate. Um, so, um, and I was literally just like panic attack after panic attack after panic attack in that, that day. And somehow, by the grace of God, I was able to walk across that stage and get my certificate. And, um, 
at Bethel, you know, place of glory, peace, open heavens, and I'm in literally fear I'd never experienced and torment I'd never experienced in my entire life. I didn't know what fear or anxiety was. So before that day, I would never have known how to relate to people on that level of like mental and having mental um, issues in that area of fear and anxiety. And um, so that began actually a really long journey of um, unraveling what was probably heavy, heavy religious spirits and belief systems that I grew up under that were not of God and actually believing a character of God that wasn't true of who God was or who he is. And, um, and that can often reflect, like, that can often be because of maybe the, the parents that you had or the father you had, the father figure, like your earthly father, um, can sometimes cause you to believe that to be true of our heavenly father, which is absolutely not true, but it, it does. And unfortunately, we have to find out who God truly is for ourselves um, and his nature because what I believed of God was that I was fully abandoned, fully rejected, and never enough. And always, always, like if I didn't hit a certain bar, um, like that God just turned his back and was like, you know what, you are your own problem and if you do, if you mess up, you're gonna suffer your own consequences and I'm not gonna step in and help you. Like. No, because if you, if you can't keep a certain standard, like, I'm not going to accept you. And that was my belief of God, the Father. Even though I was a Christian, I grew up my, a Christian my whole life. Um, amazing parents, but unfortunately, we're not all perfect. And generationally, even things get passed down from fathers, grandfathers, fathers who didn't know how to be fathers, who didn't know how to be present, who didn't know how to be, like, good examples of... And no one is, no one can be that, unfortunately. No, you can have the best earthly father in the world, and he still can't add up to and be the perfect example of God the Father. Um, And, man, there's so much that I could say um, in that. I feel like a lot of compassion, actually, because of, I know that there's people in this room, um, and this is kind of literally the word that I felt God, or the direction that I felt God wanted me to take was, um, like, I think I said this five minutes ago before I went into that, but we were singing songs um, about God's love and, like, lifting our hands up, laying our whole life down, like, Jesus, you are holy, I love you, I just want to be where you are, there's nothing like your love, Whew, those songs are really hard to sing for some people. And I just have a lot of compassion for people right now who might be in a place where they are like, these songs are going and we're singing and we're worshiping God and you just don't have the revelation of the love of God. And you've never actually experienced the love of God. Um, and you're going through potentially some of the like, or you have, maybe you're, maybe it's not as, as bad now, but maybe you've walked through some of the like darkest nights you've ever walked through in your life, and you've wondered, like, is there even a God? And I'm telling you, I was, I've been there. I've questioned God, right? Like, I've questioned him. I've almost walked away completely thinking that he was not there for me, that I was left to self-preserve, self um 
self-diagnose, self-everything, because I didn't believe that he loved me and that I was ever going to be enough. Um, and I just actually feel this huge sense of compassion for that right now. Like, I'm singing here this morning, and I am actually in a pl- I, my heart is in a place of celebration because of I would never have come up here, first of all. I would have been stressed out of my mind and anxious out of my mind and been like, absolutely not. I will never come up and speak on a mic. Um, but, wow, even this week, like... Um, like, God has just been doing so much. Like, the, this, I believe, and, and because of some prophetic words that I received that I, you know, sometimes ho- held on to, sometimes just was like, yeah, that's never going to happen, whatever. Like, sometimes I'm, sometimes I'm good and faithful at stewarding words, and other times, like, you know, you're like, okay. Like, because you just are just struggling to believe, so. Um, but just that God, this, so seven, seven is also the, the number of completion, and I honestly have felt that this year something has shifted in my life like it never has. There was a few, there was several moments, marking moments in the last two years even of being in Medicine Hat where I felt, wow, like the breakthrough feels like it's like, or it almost feels like this is it, like, but there was still more, like there was still more to like get out of and the beliefs, and even the things that I needed to overcome, there was things that I needed to overcome in the spirit for me to be able to step into where I am now, into this season now, and actually say yes to even something like this, and be able to share my testimony freely and in peace, and with the ability to tell you that there is so much hope for you if you're not in a place where you know that God absolutely, absolutely 100% has you, and that you are always, and always will be, and always have been enough and that he will fight for you to the end. That's, that was not my reality. That was not my reality. Like, I literally was like, God, I'm dying, and I'm gonna die if you don't do something. Like, if you don't show up, I'm gonna die. Like, I, li- I thought I was dying for years, like, every day, 24-7. Fear of death, fear of man, fear of everything, fear of sickness, fear of, like, anything that was, like, so much fear I couldn't leave my house, so much fear I couldn't leave Chris's side um, to go do anything. I couldn't grocery shop. I couldn't go anywhere alone. So much fear. And I'm telling you, that place, to, that is like a hellish place to live in. And I'm really sorry if the devil has you trapped in that place or has had you trapped in that place. And it's shameful. You struggle with the shame of it, the guilt of it. Like, I'm a Christian. I'm a worship leader. I went to Bethel. I'm being called into ministry, and I'm stressed out of my mind. My body feels like it's going to die physically because of the amounts of fear and intimidation and torment the devil had over me. And it's been a fight. It's been a fight to actually believe to actually believe and take the Lord at his word because I'm telling you, the enemy and his words sounded the loudest for a really long time. They sounded really stinking loud and they sounded really true, like they were my truth. I won't do that in the mic. (laughs) 
something that um, this week even that I was like sitting there with the Lord and I'm like, man, life sucks <laughs> like outside of you and outside of knowing your love. Like it can really suck. And, um, and wow, like I never thought I'd get to a place where I could say that I feel safe with my heavenly father. Like I did not feel safe for most of my life, but especially the last seven years. Um, there was just a sense of like constantly having to fight to survive, like in my flesh, my spirit, my mind. My mind was just like a tormenting place. And I know what it's like to be so terrified of your own mind and be trapped in that place alone. Um, I've had like, wow, just amazing people just, and, and the Lord is so gracious. Like, he always brings the right thing at the right time and the right person and the right word and the right song and the right message and the right podcast. Like, holy crap, look, I've just, like, there's so many moments where I was like, man, like, I don't know what's gonna get me out of this or what's gonna be the word or the thing that's gonna take me out of this cycle because I feel so trapped. I can't get out. And um, the Lord was just so, and you know, it. You think that like he does it once and that you're like, wow, I'm good. God, I trust you. Like you got me out that one time. And it's like, no, like I fought for seven years and I had to see his faithfulness time and time again. I had to see the fact that I actually survived what I went through. I didn't die. (laughs) Um, The fact that he actually had me you don't see it in the moment, you see it after, (laughs) and that sucks. But I'm telling you that if you're in that place where you don't see it, there is gonna be a day, as long as you stay, and I'm, the only only way is if, if you don't quit, you win, basically. If you don't quit, you win. So don't quit. And, um, continue to be, have a heart that's just after the Lord. Um, Yeah, I was going to say this before, but this week, like, I was reminded that it actually is impossible in your own flesh to believe that God loves you. It's actually impossible. I need more. His love is so, like, um, insurmountable, is that a word? Uh, Like, it's so, it's so high, it's so deep, like, I'm thinking of Ephesians 3, 16, um, which I'm going to actually open, um, because it says in Ephesians Oh, how did I end up in Philippians? <laughs> They're just so small, these books. Um, I'm just going to read this in the Passion. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength 
supernatural, not natural, strength, floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Then, by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you. And the resting place, not the striving place, the resting place, not the self-preserving place, the resting place of his love, will become the very source and root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one, every believer, every lover of God experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions, how deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love, how enduring and inclusive it is, endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. And then it says, never doubt God's mighty power to do this, to work this in you. Okay, that literally says you cannot comprehend without his grace. Like you literally need the grace of God to believe his love. You literally need the grace of God to take him at his word, whatever it is. Whether you might not struggle with the love of God, you might struggle with like, well, you know what? It's all rooted in the love of God, so actually. Uh, love is literally the ultimate of all things, right? First Corinthians 13. Like if you don't have love, you can have prophecy, you can have tongues, you can have, um, you know, gifts of this discernment, all, of, all the gifts, all the spiritual gifts, but eventually those things will fade, but love is the ultimate. And that is the ultimate for you. It's the ultimate for me. It's the ultimate for you to know and walk in the love of your Heavenly Father. But you actually cannot, you can actually, you can prophesy in your own strength. You can speak tongue, in tongues in your own strength. You know what I mean? Like you can do it, like yeah, the Spirit empowers you and the anointing of the Lord is on you, but if you don't have love first and you don't have the ability to comprehend how deep that love is, then sometimes you get led into those things prematurely or you get led into them or you lead other people um, places that aren't rooted in the spirit and the truth and the revelation of love, right? That's all like Ephesians in Ephesians 13, or sorry, 1 Corinthians 13. Um, but there's something that I feel in the church and in the body of Christ as a whole is like there's this huge sense of like unworthiness or like self-worth maybe, maybe more like self-worth like, we really struggle to actually believe that we're worth something to God, that we are worth coming into a body, like coming into a church on a Sunday, and that we all actually have something that's unique and powerful, and that's uniquely ours to bring, like that each one of us is enough, that each one of us is loved and seen and have a destiny and a future and a purpose. Like, this is something the devil wants you to believe, else, like he wants you to believe otherwise. He wants you to think you are worthless and that you literally don't mean anything to anyone. And I'm telling you, I've lived there. Like, I've lived in the place where I'm like, I'm worthless and I don't have anything to offer, okay? Like, a month ago when Wendy asked me to speak, I'm like, still in that place. Like, I don't have anything to offer. Like, can't someone else just say the same thing? Like, no, like... God has given me the revelation that he's given me, and he's given you the revelation that he's given you and only you. 
So you have something that you have to bring to the body of Christ and to the world that no one else can bring, but we cannot access that. We can't access that without first having the revelation and the encounter of love, Jesus, the person of love personally, knowing him personally, being intimate with him. If you were with me like this week at all, I kind of was like bouncing ideas like off of people just kind of practicing like just maybe where I would go, I don't know. And a few things have come up, probably a lot of it hasn't, but this one thing kind of keeps like sticking into my, in my mind a bit, but I was like, this example is like, if you, if your best friend, like your best friend in the whole world, the one that you've like run with through thick and thin and like the hard and the good and whatever, your best friend in the whole world, like you trust them right to the end. Um, They tell you like, I'm going to, take you on a trip, say. We're going to make it extravagant. I'm going to take you on a trip. And it's going to be like a weekend getaway, just us. And uh, you're going to be like, oh my goodness, are you serious? Like, not even are you serious. Like, you're going to believe them. Like, they're your best friend in the whole world. And they want to take you on a weekend getaway, just you guys. And um, it could be your spouse, but like, I don't know. It could be your spouse or it could be your best friend, whatever. Um, And you're going to say, like, yeah, if Chris was like, we're going to go away for the weekend, I'm like, heck yes. Like, that's what I want to do. I want to go away for the weekend. And you get pumped and you get ready to go and you don't doubt the fact that he's going to, like, change his mind in 10 minutes and be like, actually, I don't don't want to. Like, I don't actually want to do that. But, like, literally, we do that with God. Um, What if, like, what if I told Chris, like, Instead of my response being excited, I was like, yeah, okay, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, and what if that was my response to, like, my best friend all the time, or, you know, Chris all the time, was like, I'll believe it when I see it. That truth, that, like, perspective hit me because I'm like, oh, my goodness, I do that with God all the time, with all of his word, with the word, with the word of, like, the fact that he loves me with an everlasting love that he loves me so deep, that he has a purpose and a call for my life, that he is faithful and true, that he is the only one worth laying my life down for because of all, like, the word of God, isn't is the word of God not enough? Like, oh my gosh, I fought that tooth and nail. Like, no, the heck no, the word of God isn't enough. Like, it needs to be personal to me. That's what, you know, that's what I thought. Like, I couldn't take him at his word, is what I'm saying. I could not take him at his word. So I would say to God, basically, you know, you've said all this thing, or you've done this and this for so-and-so, or so-and-so, have ha- they've had breakthrough, or they're so passionate, and they're so, like, they love God so much, and it's evident in their life, their ministry's flourishing, you know, their marriage, their ki- like, everything is flourishing, like, they're just amped on life at all times, and I'm just, like, stuck, like, stuck because I can't take him at his word, like, ultimately. I can't surrender my fear and my doubts that maybe maybe he is who he says he is, like, that step of, like, surrender of, like, you know what, I'm actually gonna, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to believe you. I'm gonna try to believe that you're good. I'm gonna surrender, maybe for the first time, the fear that I have of dying and potentially, like, not knowing what's on the other side, because there is mysteries, you know, in life. Like, there's things we're never gonna fully be able to comprehend 
Um, but God, like, <sighs> because so-and-so experienced this, I'm going to believe it maybe for myself for the first time. <laughs> and it's, it was that journey of, like, beginning one thing after another, saying, okay, God, like, I'm going to try. I'm going to surrender this fear, like, this massive fear that I have. And, um, you know, there's tons of examples. When you're in fear, you're in fear of everything, so just you name it. And uh, I was probably in fear of it. So I'd have to surrender everything, like, constantly and just say, God, like, you, and, you, and I need your grace. I need your grace. Like, Ephesians says here, like, this prayer is powerful because you literally cannot, without his supernatural strength, believe the truths of who God is because it's actually so we don't have an example of it on this earth, right? Like, nothing on this earth compares to the goodness of God and the goodness of eternity and what heaven's going to be like. And to me, because I couldn't get it, I couldn't understand it, it was just scary. Like, I couldn't go there in my head. Like, and I want to know. Like, I want to understand things, okay? Like, anyone else out there who needs to understand why all the time? Okay? Unfortunately, we don't always understand why. But the one thing that we need to come to understand is that he is literally the person of love. Like Jesus is love. He came to earth as a man in the perfect image of the Father. He was the perfect image of the Father. And he walked around showing compassion and love to the entire world. And everyone who came to him was set free and healed and delivered. And um, that is the heart of God. The heart of God is that you walk in your fullness and that you walk in freedom. And that you know without a doubt. Sorry. Crying and congestion cold, sinus thing, whatever. It's a mess. Um, what was I saying? <laughs> that you know that he loves you. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the ultimate. Like, that is my, my heart is that <sighs> that I want you to know that you're not alone and that you're not shamed and you're not disgraced and you're not apart or you're not like you can't not be a part, or you can't be a part if you don't actually believe fully yet the love of God and fully believe that he is good and that he is faithful and true and that he's kind. Um, and I just want to say, like, yeah, you're not, you're not alone in that. Like, you might come in here and think, oh, man, like, these church pastors or leaders or these people or whatever you might think like they look like they have it together and they look like they have all the faith and and uh usually on most days that's not always true but I will say if you're in that season where you're fighting for it it's not true but there is a time and a season where you will overcome the lies and the snares and the traps of the enemy who would like to keep you bound in the truth that is not yours to keep that you are worthless, that you are not loved, those lies, it's time for those lies to fall. 
and for the, the enemy's tactic to be exposed in keeping the body of Christ in their weakness instead of their strength. Because no one likes, no one loves being weak. Like, it kind of sucks. <laughs> um, and it's like, yeah, it, you feel shameful and you feel embarrassed when you're just like, literally like hanging on to like the smallest little thread just to like stay afloat. When you're supposed to be overflowing with the abundance of strength and power and might through the Holy Spirit. And it's only through the Holy Spirit. Um, I feel like I could go on like sharing, but I just actually really want to just address that. Um, that if you're struggling in any way, and maybe like, I don't know if the worship team can come up, but um, to believe that God loves you. And if you're struggling and you're in a place where you don't know that you have a purpose and that you don't know that you have a hope and that that's Jesus, ultimately, um, I want to pray. And just I want to invite you actually into an encounter with the Lord. Um, I also had this on my heart to do um, I don't know if I'm taking this passage like, this is what I felt on this passage, and it's actually in Psalms 3.5. Um, it's actually in the back of my Passion Translation Bible, which I is why it stood out to me, or it's pa Psalm 5.3, I should say. Um, and it says, at each and every sunrise, you, you will hear my voice as I prepare my sacrifice of prayer to you. It's saying, in the morning, I'm going to come to you, Lord. Just, I'm coming, here I am, acknowledging that you are God. And in the morning, I lay out the pieces of my life on the altar, and I wait for your fire to fall on my heart. Um, I felt with that passage, actually, to lead you into an encounter, because first of all, I don't know how to, I can't tell you that, I'm not going to tell you that God, like, that just God loves you and just believe it and, you know, go home because that didn't work for me my whole life. <laughs> so, um, and I was in church every Sunday with awesome Christian parents and grandparents and everybody <sighs> singing Jesus loves me, this I know. <laughs> but the Bible tells me so. Um, don't be ashamed, like, if you grew up singing that and you still don't actually know that God loves you and you don't believe it and maybe you're struggling, like, really deeply and, like, dark stuff in your mind where the enemy would like to keep you. Um, the only thing that I've known to do to actually receive his love is to lay it out before him like the deepest of the deepest fears and put it on the altar and wait and let his fire fall on your heart and consume all the fear and the doubt and the unbelief and the torment and the lies. It's the only way 
You can't muster it up. And you can't do it in your own strength, in your own flesh. It has to be done through his spirit and by his grace and by his might and his power that he, creator of all, wants to come and meet you in your pain and in your doubts and your unbeliefs. And he doesn't judge you for it. He doesn't hold you at a distance and he doesn't turn his back when, you don't, when you're not enough, when you don't add up. He doesn't silence his, himself like, I'm not going to talk to you because you didn't live a perfect life before me. You didn't, you know, do X, Y, Z. He doesn't spew out shame and condemnation on you. He knows that we are weak. He knows that in our flesh, without him, we are weak without him. He knows that we can't do this life without him. And his desire is that you, all you do is just put it on the altar and put it before him and say, God, I don't, help me to want, to want to trust you even. Like, help me to trust you with things that I've never been able to let go of, that things that have consumed my mind day in and day out, night after night. I haven't slept over, I haven't eaten over, I've been anxious, I've been tormented, I've been fearful, I've wanted to end my life because I don't, I can't do it. I can't figure it out. I can't figure anything out. So can we just all stand? I just want you to think about those things that you've struggled with, those areas in your life and in your heart that you felt like, and that where you've just naturally distanced yourself from God because you just couldn't understand, like you couldn't surrender, you couldn't, you know, like in your flesh you just couldn't do it. And um, I get it, like I get how hard it can be to get to that place. Whew. But there is victory when you surrender. There is victory when you decide once and for all that you are going to lay it out on the altar and let all the doubts and the things that you've held so tightly when you've released them to him to take care of because he will when you let him. Unfortunately, like the things that we, if we just keep saying, God, like I don't believe, I don't believe, I'm not gonna surrender. Like unfortunately we do have to walk through those hard seasons where you get to a place where you realize like, oh shoot, like I've been trying and trying over and over to do this and, and like do it without him. Do it without understanding like or feeling his love or whatever like and you can't. Like it gets to the point where I'm, I'm telling you and you might have gone longer. Like for me, you know, seven years, like that's a long time. Some people it's like 25, 30, 40, maybe your whole life. Like maybe you're 70 and you still haven't surrendered and you still haven't let God love you. Like truly, truly love you because you've held, you, just because of your own shame 
and you can like you can just na- call it out just say god like i'm actually like i've held you at a distance because i'm so ashamed that i haven't understood your love for me or i haven't understood or been able to believe that you would be faithful enough to like come through for me just call it out like these emotions are real and they're god given like don't be ashamed of it just tell him like oh i've let shame like keep me from letting you in. I've let guilt and hurt and anger, oh, so much anger. And lay it out now, like, just close your eyes, and you know in your heart the things, the Lord, the Holy Spirit is revealing them to right now, even, like, the Holy Spirit, and I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come right now on every person in this room, that you would actually just put a finger on everything that has held us captive, whatever it might be, that has kept us from being able to receive the truth of who you are in every dimension so that your love actually is encountered and experienced in every dimension and that it comes and it overflows and that it fills us to, to the fullest, to overflow. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would put a finger on that and that in this moment, just with the Holy Spirit, that you would lay it out on the altar and that you would say, like, okay, like, I will surrender. I'm willing to just put it down. That you would meet me here. I will, I will create a space, an altar for your fire to fall on. Because if the space isn't created, where is he going to land, right? You need to create a space for him. You need to create a space in your heart for him to fall. And if you don't do it, like, through surrender and through just just choosing to believe, He, you may have like a powerful invasion of the Holy Spirit encounter. And some people have that, and that's amazing. Like where he, and you know, I've probably had a few, like multiple encounters that have definitely just like taken me farther. But like, sometimes it's just like, you have to do the work, you know? There was a part of the breakthrough for me, like the Lord was like, I could hand you your breakthrough. I could just hand it to you, okay? That's easy. Like, that's what everyone wants. Just hand me the breakthrough. But he's like, but what if you become the breakthrough? What if you become the breakthrough? And all principalities and demonic forces know then that you didn't just get handed something. You became something so powerful, so strong in the heavenly places that now the devil shudders because it was like, oh shoot, they didn't just get let off easy. They fought for it and they won and now they know who they are, right? So take heart because if you don't quit, you're gonna win and you're gonna encounter love like you've never encountered before and you're gonna encounter joy and peace like you've never believed is possible, okay? You're going to encounter it one day, and you're going to look back and be like, oh my gosh, God, you did it. You did it for me, and he did it for me, and he'll do it for you, okay? 
So Lord, here it is. We just, we lay it out on the altar. And we wait in this place for your fire, Holy Spirit, to fall. We wait for your fire to fall in our hearts, in the hardest of places. The places that we've withheld from you because we've been so fearful, so afraid that you wouldn't come true to your word, that you wouldn't do what you said, that you wouldn't be who, you, who we've been told you are. And God, we're sorry. We're sorry that we've been part of the block. That we've been, and I just thank you that you're so gracious. The minute we turn, the minute we begin to even just like turn around and look in your direction, you're right there and you meet us and you're not ashamed and you're not judging and you're not condemning. You are such a good father. So we worship you, and Holy Spirit, I ask that you would touch hearts and that you would bring freedom to hearts today and minds today, God, that have been so trapped in chaos and confusion and torment. I just pray that your love would come and just set the captives free, that your perfect love would literally just like I just see like this just beam of light literally just like shooting through minds, just splitting the chaos, splitting the torment in half. Like I just pray, Holy Spirit, that your fire would fall on minds and hearts today, that the revelation of who you are and your love, that you would just even begin to like, even if it's just the first step of maybe it's just like even the, like, wooing phase for some people. Like, sometimes we have to walk through that, that stage of just, like, okay, like, I'm interested, God, and, like, I see that you're wooing me, but, like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know if I can trust you. I don't know if I can take a step closer. Or, but he is. He's... He's here for each one of us. Nobody is exempt. So just as we go into this song, I just want you guys just to, in your own hearts, just surrender. You don't even have to sing. Like, Chris will sing over, over us. You can just even open your hands and just, if you can just surrender, begin to surrender. Begin to even repent. Like, repentance is also huge. Like, I've... I've never had breakthrough like when I've surrendered and repented for even the things that I believed, you know, that weren't true. Because that just breaks agreement with them. So, and it just, it's, it's just to turn back and say, God, like, I recognize that maybe I was wrong. You were, but, you know, you can say, you can say maybe if you want. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs>